Hi, this is the Seattle Mama Doc Podcast. I'm Dr. Wendy Sue Swanson. We all work so hard to perfect how we pull off parenthood, and often we may not feel good enough. I'm here to help you face these challenges head on. And today I'm reviewing just a little bit of the background about baby formula, infant formula. Now, first and foremost, before anyone attacks me as a breastfeeding advocate, I would like to say I am a breastfeeding advocate. I am also a mom who breastfed my kids. I'm also a mom who was hospitalized because I was breastfeeding my kids with severe mastitis and had to use formula. I felt guilty about it and confused about it. I didn't know how to approach it. And I was a pediatrician. (laughs) So I'm here to just say, throw the guilt out the window. That's not what we're here to discuss. Breastfeeding is awesome. It is a perfect food. We love it. And yet, there are lots of families in the United States for a whole host of reasons who reach for infant formula while feeding their babies. Good for you. Now, infant formula is safe. And there are really a number of reasons for that in how it's manufactured and the oversight that's behind it. First and foremost, I'm, I'm going to say I think the companies who make infant formula care about that. They're also regulated by the FDA under what's called good manufacturing practices. They are required to make sure that it is manufactured and checked for safety and non-contamination. There have been little stories in the past of contamination. I remember way back when there was some like beetle parts that were found in some baby formula. It was kind of really gross and yet not dangerous. So, of course, it's a processed food. Like anything else, there are risks that come about it that are different probably than the risks that come about things and contaminants in your breast milk. Um, But just to get started, right, there are some big brands out there that spend a lot of money so that you know the names of those brands and that you're probably very familiar with those names. Um, And I can kind of list them off and rattle them out. And there are Probably not very many differences between them. So here's the big soundbite from this podcast. So maybe you're about to turn it off because you can learn this one thing and then go away. It doesn't really matter which formula you feed your baby. I mean, I mean, which brand? So if you've decided that you're going to feed your baby a standard infant formula, most standard infant formulas are made with cow's milk and cow's milk protein. Now, if you choose Infamil or Similac or Good Start or Earth's Best or whatever it is, I can't tell you that there's a single study out there that says that one is better than the other. And really, I've been a pediatrician now for, you know, over 10 years. And through that time, there have been little things that have been added to infant formula that have kind of tried to build trust with patients and families that that infant formula is better. That has included DHA. So some some of the little um, basically added fats to support brain development. That has included formulations of things like lactose lactose-free, absolutely meaningless likely in an infant formula. That includes even the words like hypersensitive or hypo this and hypo that. Now, if it's a standard cow's milk formula, not very meaningful. In addition, over time, there have been different formulations of other additives, even things like prebiotics or probiotics are added. Now, Sounds pretty good, and I certainly think the data on the microbiome and probiotics is great, but there are probably other ways for you to introduce your baby to different bacteria in their life, but you can also do it through an infant formula. But that being said, I'm here to tell you, if you have a normally developing baby um, who is being raised in a, in, a, in a home where you're attentive to how you're mixing it and making sure that you're not you're waiting until solid food introduction until about four to six months, that you can buy the formula that's on sale this week. And then you can buy the formula that's on sale next week. And I don't think anything's going to go wrong, nor do I think you're going to put your baby in some space of confusion or alarm. 
I will tell you, though, I do think the infant formulas smell a little bit different. And I think they might even taste a little bit different, even just the kind of baby formula, standard formulas that are cow's milk proteins. So first and foremost, you don't also have to switch between formulas if there's no reason to. Don't fix what isn't broken. Right? So if your baby likes the formula and you're maybe supplementing on top of breastfeeding or you're actually exclusively feeding with formula and everything's going fine, goodness gracious, don't go out and find anything else different. It sounds like it's going really well. Other just rule of thumbs, as you already likely know, don't dilute or concentrate the formula for your baby ever. So even if your baby's got, you know, gastroenteritis and is vomiting and having diarrhea, there's no data, nor do we ever want you to mix the formula differently. Standard formulas are usually one scoop that comes with it to every two ounces of water. Uh, I typically recommend tap water. And the reason I recommend tap water is that that is protected and safe at the level of the government. And in addition, has fluoride in it. And getting that amount of fluoridated water from the very beginning can be helpful for your baby. In the U.S., um, I really think that's safe. However, some formulas will, and some families want to avoid excess fluoride consumption, particularly before their babies have any teeth. And if they want to do that, they can certainly use different water. But it's not of my um, experience, nor here in the United States, do I think you need to spend time boiling water before you put it in infant formula, nor do I think you need to use bottled water, nor should you. I also don't think you need to get that distilled nursery water um, that's in plastic bottles. The, then your water's sitting around in plastic. The, the chemicals in the plastic are leaching into the water and even going into the infant formula. I don't like that. Um, again, if your baby isn't super cranky and is Maybe your baby is super cranky, but even if your baby is super cranky, constantly changing the formula when you're worried about different intolerances or even worried about allergies can be a really hard target to follow and can be really confusing. So first and foremost, I would do any infant formula changes if you're worried about allergies or hypersensitivities with a plan that you make with your family doc or pediatrician or advanced registered nurse practitioner, only because there are ways and data that guide us on how we do that. Try not to make that plan up on your own. Not that you can't, but I think it gets really confusing to understand where the really effect is and where it isn't. Um, make sure that you don't switch from infant form if you use it in any way before 12 months of age. Babies and infants at any age aren't going to benefit from you feeding them cow's milk before that time. The real reason for that typically is that it is iron deficient, cow's milk alone, versus what infant formula made from cow's milk protein is that's got that supplemental iron in it. But the reality is there's really like no problem Goldilocks mixing this stuff. I mean, I think you can go from one brand to the next to the other anytime you want before the first birthday, even as you're particularly adding solid foods. So all babies and infants do really well on formula. We love babies to get breast milk because of the immune protection that babies get from that, the non-processed nature of it, it never being transported or produced or stored in anything that can leach chemicals into it. But so many families in the United States reach infant formula here and there, and please don't feel guilty about it. Um, most of the time, cow's milk's formula are not the cause of infants being fussy or cranky or gassy or whiny or colicky. I'm going to say it again. Most of the time, cow's milk formulas are not the cause of those symptoms. So I think if you're comfortable using cow's milk formula as a base for the formula you're feeding your baby philosophically or religiously or whatever it is, know that most of the time it's not going to be the cause of who your baby is and how they act. Most of the formulas have been really, of course, designed to look and be as much like breast milk as possible. 
Now, they're not breast milk because they're manufactured and they're processed food. But the minerals and the vitamins that are included in them, as well as the vegetable oils and things that are added, are designed to be as close to that breast milk as possible. Now, let's go just to talk about a couple of the different specialty formulas there are. So there are soy-based formulas. And in general... Most pediatricians don't spend a lot of time recommending soy-based formula. Even if your baby is the 1 in 20 or the 5% that has what's called a cow's milk protein sensitivity, meaning a reaction in their gut to the actual protein that comes from from cow's milk, most of the time I would not recommend, nor would most pediatricians, recommend that you go and switch to soy-based formulas. In fact, about a half of kids whose guts are sensitive to the cow's milk are also sensitive to soy. So Truly, probably not a good reason to reach for soy-based formulas in that time. You know, the difference about soy-based formulas, they don't contain lactose. Lactose is the sugar part of the milk protein that gets kind of consumed and absorbed by your body. Lactose intolerance, or excuse me, lactose intolerance is actually caused by a lack of what's called lactase. And that's the enzyme that just breaks down the milk protein in the gut itself. Most people who have lactose intolerance get it when they're older. It tends to be very hereditary. It runs in certain populations and groups, but they don't, they're not born with it. When they're infants, they can digest lactose fine. And then as they get older, their body just doesn't make as much and have as much lactase sitting around in the intestinal wall to break it down. And then that lactose is still in the gut as it goes through your colon and it interacts with all the bacteria there. And then the bacteria eat up all the lactose and then you make gas and then you're like really uncomfortable and the kid's like gassy and stinky and gross. But that doesn't happen to kids much. And it rarely, almost never happens to babies. So reason to reach for soy is not to reach for it because it is lactose-free. It is lactose-free, but that's not the reason to reach for it. We usually only recommend it for kids with a condition called galactosemia or what's called congenital lactase deficiency. Pretty rare, but you talk to your pediatrician about that. Um, just one more further point on that. There have been studies that have looked at using soy-based formulas for kids who are exceptionally cranky or excessive criers, or what some people would even call colicky. And babies who are um, in that cohort don't tend to do better on soy formula. So after you've looked at soy formulas, you might say, like, okay, but what about, like, um, carnation good start that's kind of partially broken down? Well, that there might be something to that. Or hypoallergenic formulas. So couple things about hypoallergenic formulas. Now, many of them are still made with milk protein. Some are not, but some are. But the pieces are a lot smaller, meaning that instead of the cow's milk protein coming in in a big ball into the gut, that protein has been kind of hacked apart and processed in a way where the protein is already partially broken down or even kind of consider it like partially digested. And in some babies, particularly those babies that are in that 5%, or some that are what we would call a little bit cow's milk protein sensitive or intolerant who get bloody stools or really cranky or arch their backs or excessively gassy when you give them standard formula. About 1 in 20 kids, when they're exposed to those hyperallergenic formulas, um, because those pieces are smaller, the immune system in the gut just doesn't recognize it, the protein as much, and so it doesn't react as much, and so they don't tend to get those symptoms as much. So babies who truly have a cow's milk protein sensitivity or a true cow's milk protein allergy which is a whole nother podcast. I'm just pausing because like, oh my gosh, I just kind of ran myself into a corner there. But meaning like they have severe skin eczema, their skin is cracked, they um, rash, their lips swell, their faces get hives, they look really cranky um, after they eat this, they have blood in their stools, their poop is really stringy and mucousy and smelly and gross. Eh, 
then I really talk to your pediatrician. Like, your kid might have a cow's milk protein sensitivity or allergy. But for those kids, too, those hypoallergenic formulas, which are kind of the protein itself is hydralisated or hydralisate formula, those will certainly do better. The problem with hypoallergenic formulas, I think, is really, it's like twofold. Number one, they taste disgusting and they smell disgusting. And they're kind of like a weird putrid color, just to be clear. But when you need them, they're great. And some babies who are really cranky and fussy, parents will put them on a hypoallergenic formula that costs up to like $350 a month. So that's the other thing. They're super spendy. That's point number two, super spendy. But some babies will really change their behavior, action, and their poop will look different. Now, if that's the case and the poop is softer and the poop is less stringy and the poop is less agitated or aggravated and you think your baby's happier... Go to it. Like, give it to them. It's just as safe to give your baby a hypoallergenic formula or a partially broken down protein like what's in Good Start. But it typically and often isn't necessary. The other thing is if your child's not been diagnosed with a food allergy and not been diagnosed with cow's milk protein sensitivity or colitis from that, then it's always okay for you, again, to go back and find the just right formula on your own, meaning it's not unsafe for you to go back and say, well, this week this stuff is on sale at Target or Walmart or the grocery store or wherever you're buying it. And I'm going to try this other formula again and see how my baby does. If your child doesn't have an underlying diagnosis of an allergy, it's always safe to do that. So go forth, buy what's on sale, pick an infant formula if you need it to feed your baby. Don't get off of that infant formula before your baby's 12 months of age. Follow the directions in mixing. Use the tap water. Take trust in yourself that this is a great way to feed your baby if you're unable to feed your baby exclusive breast milk. Go forward. Continue to give your babies vitamin D supplementation every day, 400 international units, and enjoy this amazing and magical time while you raise your baby. Even with infant formula, the reality is parenting is a high-stakes job, and the good news is you've got this. Thanks for listening. The Seattle Mama Doc Podcast episodes air every single week. I'm always interested in hearing what you have to say, what was helpful, and what you want to learn more about. Reach out to me on Twitter at Seattle Mama Doc, on my Facebook, Seattle Mama Doc, or at seattlemamadoc.com. Tell me what you want to learn. Tell me if you want to join me and point me to experts you'd love to learn more from. 